This is episode 217 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel, no hot sauce Manzano. You, uh, there's going to be one hot sauce, but it's not going to be me. Will, nice and neat, Hagwood. How's it going, everybody? And Ryan, you will go to the Dagobah system. Stan Azuski. You will, audience and people who are playing, I won't. But you will. <laughs> so uh, what Ryan is referring to is that this weekend is the Dagobah Galactic Championship Qualifier. It is an extended qualifier that's taken place during the Ireland time zone. It starts, the player meeting starts at 9 a.m. Dublin, Ireland time. Actual dice rolling at 10 a.m. Dublin, Ireland time. And uh, then we play six rounds from there, and it's time to party. So should be uh, should be good today during our show. We're actually we're going to be talking about what we think the meta is going to be. The extended meta in and of itself hasn't evolved too much, but I really think that it's going to end up being informed by XTC quite a bit I, I think we're going to see some 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 correlation there but we're also going to be talking about goal setting in these competitive events whether you have an invite already or don't if you're going in to play casual or competitive setting goals how to set something so that in the end no matter what the result is you can end up getting something out of it we'll talk about that but before we jump into that topic and of course talking about our team usa predictions i want to remind you that becoming a patron makes you a part of the largest group of supporters that gsp has and thank you to them the upcoming uh, shadow squadron is actually being voted on right now the first ship the tie fighter is officially wampa okay wampa is the tie fighter and the tie reaper is being voted on as we speak it'll be open for a few days so if you're a patron if you're a patron, it is time to vote now so that you don't miss out. So you got your choices are between uh, Vermeil, Faroff, and Vizier for a card. But you actually can vote on multiple if you're like, I'll take X or Y. And of course, after that, majority rules. And for our patrons who were who qualified for the Alphabet Squadron stuff, just a quick reminder, um, because I'm wrapping up my Masters, I got officially nine school days left, 13 total days left in the program. Uh, I'm going to wait till I get that finished before I ship all that stuff out, but it is ready. I have all your addresses ready to go, but if you're changing your address, you need me to send it somewhere else, you got to let me know ASAP so that it doesn't go to the wrong place. All right. You can head, head over to patreon.com slash gold squadron if you want to become a patron today. All right, guys. Dagobah. This weekend, it's extended. Let's let's hit the what, what I'm gonna call the obvious stuff. Let's let's hit the obvious stuff for each of the factions. We if you've been following the XTC, most teams have the dominant archetype or a version of the dominant archetype in their list. We'll just kind of go around faction by faction. Will, we'll start with you. Choose a faction and let us know what are some things that we're gonna expect out of that faction. Uh, I'm gonna take an easy one. Uh first order. Uh, Kind of see uh, pretty much uh, 
two ships holding the whole faction together, um, or two pilots rather, and that's Kylo and Malarus. Um, almost every list that isn't just SF Swarm has one of those linchpin pieces or even both um, in them, whether you're going uh, Malarus and a bunch of foes or you're taking uh, like Kylo and uh, some other two other slippery ships, uh, maybe interceptors, maybe silencers. Um, I think that's going to be uh, ships you ships and archetypes you have to be ready for and extended. Ryan, go ahead, take the next one. Uh, I'll stick with the sequel trilogy. Uh, we'll look at resistance. So commonly we've seen the generic T-70s in rows, the four blues in rows. We've seen combinations of other five ship where it's rows, Jess, some red experts with heroic, you know, basically a combination of here's five ships in resistance, at least three T-70s, sometimes two pods, sometimes one pod, make four T-70s. It's always been a great uh, jousting option. Outside of that, obviously, Ray is a big deal that comes into play uh, because she becomes available and extended as great hitting power at I-5. We've only seen things in hyperspace and things go up to I-4 to get that hitting power. Well, Ray's got the hitting power at I-5 on top of that. So we'll see how she intermixes in some lists people might be considering. And Covenel's oddly disappeared. Don't know why. Will we see Covenel show back up? I don't know. But it's oddly curious that we haven't seen her in a long time. Marcel, take their next pick. Sorry, I stepped up for a minute. We're just saying what, what do we think is good for a faction in? Yeah, what 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 is it in extended? Do we gotcha. that we expect to see per faction? We've already covered first order, and we just finished covering uh, the resistance. Gotcha. Give me a give me a faction. I'm letting you guys choose, and I'm lit. I'm Republic. There you go. You see, we'll we'll get it. Um, all right. So in the Republic, you I think the three Delta Seven generics with a plus one. Whether that plus one is Shakti, uh, it's usually either Shakti or you can probably get Luminara with uh, Chopper crew uh, with the Chopper Astromech. So that's a good archetype. Uh. I'm not sure how good the Warthog plus four or five is right now. I don't. I, I think it just doesn't put out enough damage when you compare it with some of the other like Malware swarms or the Seek swarms and things like that. I think it just doesn't. The, the it doesn't sustain the amount of damage that the other ships or that the other swarms can do. So probably not that so much. And then um, you know, of course, you've got uh, anything with. Anakin, R7, auto crit droid, auto blasters, uh, plus things. Now, plus things, I think, uh, uh, you know, for example, there was that, that four V wings list with dropping bombs, and then you had the auto crit, uh, Anakin. So, those type of things, I think, are still, still viable. Uh, in extended, I, I happen to think that extended probably Republic is. The, the faction that struggles the most so uh yeah i don't i don't i don't think it's doing that well um you know you've you've got some tools and toys and and, and an anakin list can get the right matchups to end up doing something but then 
it'll end up running into a boss or something like that and then just disappear in one round anyway. Um, so, yeah, right, I think, well, I think well, the three little, deltas is probably the best. The three deltas plus one. And, and to kind of give you give you some kind of background information, uh, remember um, uh, we had a player. I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. I'm so I think it's is it La Lachi, Lackey, Lackey, Mulkey. All right, Lackey Mulkey. He brought those three Jedi Knights and Shock T, and was able to make it to the final of Bespin. Now that was a month and a half ago. That was that's when Bespin was. That was our last extended event, or the last extended event. Or the last one was Hyperspace, just to kind of give some perspective. The next uh, Republic appearance was Eric Small with uh, Shock T again. Hmm, interesting. Shock T shows up again with four of the Shadow Squadron veteran uh, bombing Y wings. Um, I'm sorry, advanced proton torpedo Y-wings. So very patient little Y-wings there with dorsal turrets. So, um, you know, there is there is seems to be an option. There might be some correlation. Are we going to see more Shakti? And then as you continue to go down, again, Shakti shows up again with more Y-wings. So the top three, top three Republic squads from Bespin all had Shakti in there. All right. So we'll end up seeing, of course, uh, Locky being able to, um, to to bring those Jedi Knights and Shakti to the final. But I mean, seeing that 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 pattern there of of Shakti is, is interesting. Got our eyes on it. I mean, we ne we do recall in our original rankings of the Republic, Shakti was I think ranked our highest Ada, right? She was like S plus level. So people are finally finding spots for her. To be consistent across the board. Agreed. I mean, people just had to figure out. You got to figure out how to play it, right? How can it be a support beast with those three health? You really are a support ship out there with with uh, with Shakti. And if you're gonna go out and do some crazy or be bait or something, um, you got to play it smart. Because if you don't, you're dead. Let's continue now and look at Scum and Villainy. All right, Scum and Villainy. I think out of all of the factions, would you guys agree, has the most amount of options? Yeah, by far. Right? The most amount of options. Uh, if you go to the Lemu Galactic, Ch uh, Galactic Championship Qualifier, even though that was hyperspace, you saw scum all over there. Specifically, let's talk about Bosk. Bosk is a menace to society. Okay? He's destroying hyperspace. He's destroying the XTC. He showed up in most of the scum list for the XTC um, teams out there. You're going to see Bosk. He's going to be number one. But... Don't forget, Bespin was won by a scum squad that had Han Solo in the um, customized 1300. That's the Scum Falcon, Fenral, Unkar Plutt, and Constable Zuvio. Lemu was won by Marcel that had um, Dace Bonearm, Tell Travera, and uh, and Bosk as well. Right. So I mean, there's. Right there, we just went through, uh, that was seven different ships that won two events, right? 
seven seven completely different uh, pilots, and that is, you know, you look at Will's list from the XCC has Kanan and has Fan Rao. I mean, Scum has a ton of options, and we haven't even mentioned Boba Fett because Boba Fett is still good. Don't get it twisted. Don't get, be surprised when a Boba Fett comes and wrecks your face. There's a ton of options in Scum. A ton of options. You got to play it well. But that was one of the highest performing, best performing factions uh, when it came to Scum. When we look back at Bespin, another uh, list that showed up, XY out of Singapore, playing Dengar, Asajj, and Torco, uh, sorry, and Tarani Kolda. Like, th there are three ships that we hadn't even mentioned yet showing up in a top cut. That's massive. Now, a correlation between most of those lists, Zam Wessel crew. All right. So right now, the, the, the scum faction is being carried on the shoulders of Zam Wessel. And on the other side, you got protectorate Gleb. All right. So we got coordinating. We got uh, double tapping. We got all kinds of stuff. All right. So if they got crew carriers, expect to see those things like it is it is ridiculous uh ryan was there another one i, I saw one i saw two i saw you put up a third it, finger which one did i forget gamma key crew oh gamma key that's well that guy just rolled up on the scene recently people were like hey guys i'm good too right like <laughs> well, i mean he rolled up the same time as gleb but gleb was clearly more noticeable at two costs for a coordinate but i is there a scum list that we can think of right now outside of sea cannon swarms that doesn't have a crew slot I feel like that's that just doesn't have a crew slot. Yeah. No, but that's because most ships, most scum stuff has a crew. I mean, even tractor, uh, you know, the gunboats have a crew. Like almost everything yeah. has crew. So, yeah, I maybe mean, be like multiple fang fighters is about four star vipers or a bunch of fang, like three fang fighters. Yeah, plus every, a lot of, every, a lot of things list. we haven't seen for a while. I think one of right. the only featured pilots is probably Tarani, but it's normally mm -hmm. in a list that probably has someone who's who's also carrying crew. I mean, it's just the prevalence of Hawks and quad jumpers in almost every single list. It's pretty it's and, pretty ridiculous. Basically, if you don't have an extra chair, you d just stay home. Just stay home. Okay? <laughs> But yeah, scum, an absolute plethora of options. All right, so we talked about uh, resistance. We hit first order. We hit the Galactic Republic and scum. We got Empire, Separatist, Rebels next. Take it, Will, whichever one you want. Uh, I'll take Rebels. Um, so you got to be thinking of Heratani right now. Uh, in Extended, you can get access to uh, Benthic, two tubes and um is kyle in hyperspace i don't think kyle's in hyperspace no it's scum hawks that are in there um so you get the uh the andrew older um patented combination uh of uh benthic kyle uh garvin and harrow um the uh combination of gin as well was gin hyperspace i don't think gin gin was in hyperspace no Nope. Um, so that's where, that's the real power of Hera and these kind of focus passing things is being able to turn them into evade. Basically push all your decisions until after you roll the dice uh, and then figure out a way to modify your abilities the best. Uh, now we've seen this combination. That's like the full focus Heratani 
uh, combination. Um, but we've seen uh, Hera and um, Ahsoka and uh, more of an AC role as well, mixed in uh, with like uh, uh, other heavy hitters, maybe Luke or uh, a uh, wedge juicing them up. I'm thinking, I'm reminded of like uh, uh, Matthew Carey's uh, list uh, where he's got multiple A-wings and then a support hawk in there. Um, but we've seen a lot of success with uh, obviously Han uh, gets access to all, all of his best tricks in extended uh, RTD2 crew um, being the main one there. Um, just an absolute menace um, if he's on the board. And if I'm going to mention turrets as the other things Rebels do best, I uh, have to mention Dash Rendar and extended. Uh, the combinations that he's been able to pull off with Hera and uh, other support pieces like Benthic um, has been as... Uh, gotten him uh, to new heights as well and being able to keep up with the meta. Um, I'm trying to think of, I, I just don't think we'll really see the, like the X-Wing spam. I don't think it performs in extended as much um, or as good as it does in hyperspace. Even though I think we've seen a few showings of the four cavern angels and two tracer Z's, right? Do you think Ooh, that I do like work? that combination? Yeah, because you uh, you don't have access to the Z's in hyperspace, um, or the I one X wings. I think mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that uh, I think that has a lot of adjusting potential, um, but. Uh, the ships that it has to fight against in extended, I don't think they can keep up with it. I think rebels are uh, had to focus on their aces to be able to keep heat uh, with all the um, opponents they'll see in, in extended. So, do you think I, we see any showing of the four K wings? Fon Longalon seems to enjoy. <laughs> uh, if he's playing, uh, it takes a bold uh, person to put the multiple uh, K wings on the board. It's a lot of moving parts, a lot of board space that they take up. Um, it's not as easy as he makes it look. It's a lot of a lot of Sabine trigger potential, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that I think Rebel is probably the closest thing to Scum in terms of versatility. And I also think that Rebel is probably more so than Scum the most untapped potential because there are uh, there's so many clear good favorites and there's there it's it's one of those easy mode situations where Hera and Ahsoka plus, you know, Kalkatarn like that that it's uh, you know, not to knock on people that fly that, but it's easy mode. It's, um, oops, I bumped. Okay, you still got tokens. Oops, two of my ships bumped. Okay, you still got four tokens, five tokens. Uh, oh, I forgot to take a focus where, where I needed an evade. Or in like in Matt Carey's case last week. Uh, oops, I got my uh, wedge range one of a four-eye gun, and now he's going to have two evades and a focus available to him <laughs> in one shot. You know, like so... One focus result equals three evades. Uh, so that's what I mean by easy mode. But but rebels have untapped potential in that they still have things like Lando, uh, the YT thirteen hundred, uh, 
Han in the YT, Regen Han in the YT1300, Jake supporting some pretty heavy hitters. Um, the VCX can still put out consistent damage, especially Hera. Everybody's talking Hera and other things, but the VCX I mean, we'll, Hera we'll can really, we, we talk about Bonsk. We'll Faro, uh, yeah, Concussion, we'll Faro. Yeah, we'll um, with Concussion. He was and, huge at the uh, beginning of this season. So, and I... I we haven't seen him seen him really tapped in with Hera now. Yeah. Uh, that combination. So I just think that that people are going to the to the um, to the obvious rebel things where the rebels probably had more toys than we give them credit for, and there there might be some some untapped things like you might end up seeing like a corn horn do something weird because now corn horn is not as as uh, fragile because he's getting tossed evades and focuses from from Hera or getting coordinated uh and now he's double tapping now you got now rebel's got their double tapper so there's i think rebel has is probably the the most untapped playground right now in extended well we can give a little bit of a little bit of data on that i will tell you that the rebels missed out on the top 16 by one place, 17 at best spin. All right, that was our last extended event. Um, and the list that showed up at best spin were uh, the, the top rebel list at best spin didn't have a Hera in it. It was uh, Dash with Jake and Wedge. All right, we meant you, you mentioned Dash. After that, then it's. Um, a four A-wing squad, Wedge, Hera, Ahsoka, Jake, and then after that is a, what is that, five X-wings with Deadman Switch flown by KP out of Singapore. So I think you're right, Marcel. There's a lot of potential there because I know we look at Rebels and you see the, their collection as a whole and you go, they got stuff, right? Like it, fe it feels like we should be getting more Rebel performance. It hasn't happened yet. And the question is, is it, a, is it an issue of lack of creativity? Has the Andrew Oler squad been figured out? Have people figured out how to fly against it? I mean, it's obviously it's still good and it still does okay. But that list didn't make – it wasn't even in the top three Rebel squads. And they didn't even make the top 16. Um, you shift to Lemu, you shift over to Lemu, and then it gets into the top 16, okay? It ends up being, uh, getting into 11th place and 12th, but again, those were those iterations of Andrew Oler's list, but that was in a hyperspace when there's a lot of things that could feed on those Rebels that weren't there. So maybe maybe we got to see a little bit of a reinvention in the rebellion to really find the best ways to utilize that, or just a surprise sometimes can be enough. A surprise can sometimes be enough. You got good tools that maybe aren't super optimized, but you got just that little bit of special flavor that people haven't seen in a while that could end up working out. Ryan, so I guess oh, go I ahead. just 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 a yes or no question, so we don't go too all far on the tangent rebels anymore. Will there be a next evolution of Andrew Oler's list at Dagobah? At Dagobah? I think there whether has more, to be. Yeah. Whether more offensive, mm -hmm. say you swap a piece with something more with hit power, or somehow more defensive with something. Like I, I think there's something with selfless if you try and put it in the list. Yeah, I think there's, there's something between if once you have 
uh, uh, Hera, Garvin, and Jin crew. Like you, the possibilities after that are, uh, what do I want to say? Um, they're like a deep bench of people you can throw into the, uh, all the people we had just mentioned. So I think that's, uh, that combination's gotta be, um, being tested somewhere. Someone's gotta be working on it. I imagine secret sauce incoming soon. All right. Re um, Ryan, go ahead. Take, uh, take one of the last two. Uh, I'll go with my uh, my homeboys, the Separatists. Uh, even though they're 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 flying some weird colors these days, uh, so we have the obvious Zam Django, uh, which is very prevalent both hyperspace and extended. In extended, pretty much the key difference is uh, the other Fire Spray decides to take the other Force crew and Separatist available, which is the Chancellor Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. Um, <clears throat> now I haven't watched many matchups. I assume in most cases that ship just keeps it on the Chancellor Palpatine side to, if it, they want to dish out that stress. I don't commonly see it flipped over to take advantage of that coordinate unless someone has seen otherwise. I felt otherwise. <laughs> I blocked uh, uh, in XCC. I got like a really great block on on Zam, and then at I six, uh, Jangle says uh, nope. Zam's gonna hop over you, and now he's behind you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I, I remembered. I, I forgot. I forgot that it even existed. I'm like, oh, yeah. So there's definitely uses. So like having that coordinate I six seems very powerful. Uh, beyond that, we've seen Zam partnered with Grievous plus things. The common things are a single Nantex like Brewer or Sunfock. Um, sometimes an hmp in there uh but it's pretty it's it's the zam show uh be in most cases on the successful end there are cases where we see the hmps which are very strong uh the four hmp block with with many munitions and hit more hitting power is much more common uh whether it's the four hmps or someone goes three hmps and grievous i feel like the three hmp grievous is a much more hyperspace based version because you don't have access to the generic HMPs in hyperspace, whereas you do in extended, which gives you a lot more toys to work with, and they're a lot easier to fly around and choose their engagements easier when there's just a block of four moving around. The five HMP has showed up every once in a while. There's only, I think, a few people I've seen play it, but they've consistently done well. Uh, shout out to Lou the Lunatic, who might be in chat right now, but uh, he's played it well. Um, and I, I think beyond that point, uh, don't feel like I'm missing anything too crazy. Sith infiltrators are just straight dead right now, unfortunately. And uh, droid swarms, no one really plays them much anymore. Oh, well, I will say, all right, credit to... Uh, I've seen this player from Peru play twice. Uh, it's the Adam Kemper style list, where it's the Grievous, two bombardment drones with proxy mines, and three vultures with discord missiles, proving to be strong in uh, some matchups and can be when played well can do really well yeah and i'm, I'm gonna say uh daniel has been doing really well too uh flying zam with five trade federation drones so um turns out that if you keep zam off the off their target because they're trying to knock out five trade federation drones it, it allows zam to to kind of do some things so there's that 
Yep, I, I was I was just about to say it. That was on the tip of my tongue. So there, I think I think it's similar. It still relies on Zam, like right. It's still like Zam is really the end game piece, but you could there is possibilities for Zam plus other stuff for flavor. But you know Zam's gonna carry the day in that squad for sure. All right, last but not least, Marcel, we got the Empire. We're gonna, what are we gonna be expecting from Papa Palpatine and friends? Okay, so um, yeah, I think the Empire's got a number of good tools, but the the ones that stand out the most are definitely you're gonna have the Vader Sunter plus one. Whether that's Sienna, if you want to go for the triple I six, or it's gonna be Grand Inquisitor, um, or you might even swap Sunter for Vader, Grand, and Whisper or Echo, like like that archetype still exists. Um, you also have the, the hated, well, should be hated, Sloan Swarms, uh, with the aggressors are still, you know, the prime, the prime suspects. Um, so the aggressors with, with Sloan Swarm, um, and Ruthless and all, you know, all the other toys that they, they typically get, uh, you have the Goran Strikers that steve flies i think those have been very solid uh they require a lot of practice you know you've you've got to know the maneuvers well uh to play something like that um but they've got a lot of tools they they can deal with the heritani and they can also deal with like zam jango and stuff like that so you know they have a few not very many bad matchups um and i think for the most part that's really what's what's been dominating nash has the potential to do things but i think most people have been kind of sleeping on nash and uh things i'm just gonna say nash and things whether nash and a bunch of tie fighters nash and tie x1s um actually speaking of x1s generic x1s tend to continue to do well in these tournaments uh they just they just do well are you pointing at well yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah. yeah uh, me and then uh, I'm going to say his name wrong because uh, it's like Vivayer. It's not Vivik, but something like that. Um, anyways, we're flying the Jenden version of that. Um, and Jenden is a linchpin, I think, in extended Imperial squads. Can really just make a terrible ship into something good all of a sudden, um, including those X1s. Yep, and then of course the the last one that you can't forget. I don't think they're as good in extended the extended as they are in hyperspace, but you always have to be afraid of the six barons. Load it out however you want, whether it's four with prockets, two with tracers, and all of them with disciplined, or it turns out you can get all six of them with prockets, and then you have six prockets. Um, six prockets barons. Uh, good luck with that. Um, so so they, they, they've. There's a number of tools, uh, and there's a number of of missing ships that can probably. I don't. I don't know. Do you guys think like rack? Is there a way to make rack work right now, or defender Vader, or they're it's just kind of rough with how many things are taking prockets right now? For yeah, sure. it's not there. It's, it's just not. There's a lot of bullseye right. stuff that's really good right now. Too thick. Too thick. Not gonna happen. Not today. Yeah, well, if, if only you could split its crits like Bosk. 
Exactly. I mean, you, got, uh, you got Darth Vader crew, I guess. I uh, started doing some damage to those procket carriers. I mean, yeah, you need to keep, you need to keep a focus to shoot the procket. Darth Vader's a good way to get rid of it. All right. Well, there you go. We just went kind of through what what are some of the things we expect. I would encourage if you're playing and you want your own analysis, you want to draw some of your own conclusions. Remember, all the lists are available on List Fortress as well as on the the TTT events. Once they're done, so you can go ahead take a look at that. There's a lot of interesting data to be pulled from there. And uh, yeah, we will end up seeing. Of course, we'll talk about it next week. What actually showed up at Dagobah and what performed just um to look at the empire really quickly i know that a lot of people um were were talking about those barons of the empire or asking kind of like where are the inquisitors in in extended the inquisitors don't show up as much i feel like the foresight inquisitors with the at with the addition of disciplined the the inquisitors have kind of gone by the wayside for uh for the inclusion of this, those um those bears in the empire with with discipline but the best imperial list that showed up at bespin our last um our last event for uh for extended was a six striker swarm with discipline after that we had uh, Renato Flores with three aces, which got mentioned by Marcel. And then after that was Will with the four Tempests and Jendon. Three of them have fire control system. And uh, yeah, so Empire has, again, a ton of options out there. I would not say that, uh, that it's, it's super easy to call the Empire, but don't be surprised when you end up seeing them in the top 16, three to four of them. And if we have enough players for the top 32, you know, I would say about eight of them, um, you know, ending up at that higher four and two. So that is our analysis really quickly of our expected meta. Now I want to shift gears just a little bit. So um, let's talk about goal setting. And this this got triggered from a conversation we actually I actually had during my graduate classes today. We were talking specifically about um, how perception of any activity can affect how you feel about it when it's done. Very simple idea, right? So essentially, if you go into a tournament saying, I am going to win the tournament, that is a very unrealistic expectation, right? You go in with that mindset, I'm coming to win. It is really difficult to come out having a positive experience even if you went five and one right and got knocked out in the top 16 most people would say hey that's a good job You're like but i didn't i didn't win my goal was to win now people might you know punt you know pontificate say i'm gonna win you know jokingly but i'm like if you, your legitimate mindset is i am going to win and that is the only thing that is my goal you end up kind of skewing your 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 perception of what you might want to get out of the event. So I want to start with, before we go like looking at uh, goals or kind of mindset for casual players versus competitive players, let's just start with all players, okay? For all players. So I think that every player, one goal that they should have going in is something simple, is let's have fun. And I know that sounds silly, I know that might sound silly to some of you, but there are some people who definitely forget 
about the fun. Let's step one. Let's have fun. Step two, I would say for me, my goal going into when I'm trying to play a game, obviously I'm most of the time running events, but if I'm playing a game, it's like I want to try to remember all my triggers. And I know that that's something small, but I, that's something I want to do. Now, you got to have the right mindset. It's like, hey, there's there's really easy to forget triggers, but it is a goal that I'm trying to improve. It's, it's a different type of, you know, if I, you know, if I do X is success, but not necessarily miss, missing that that spot doesn't necessarily mean that you failed your goal. If that makes sense, you know, it's it's all about the mindset going into it. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna pass it around, around to you guys. What are some different mindsets or goals that you think that a player in general, whether they're going in casually or competitively, should have uh, going into an event like the Dagobah Galactic Championship qualifier? Uh, I got, uh, I like, on that line of thinking with uh, uh, remembering your triggers um, is executing uh, your plan. Uh, hopefully you've flown your list uh, a couple of times and you have a general strategy of what you want to do um, and uh, what uh, what your list needs to do to succeed. Um, and I would uh, start there as the next uh, step then um, for our goal is to make sure that um, you're executing your plan um, and not getting confused maybe by an odd list across from the table from you um, or uh, some weird dice variance that uh, makes you want to change your plan halfway through. Um, but ha uh, having a plan and sticking to it, I think would be definitely the, uh, the next goal to achieve. I'm going to say that um, a goal that casual and that everyone can 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 have i don't know if they do have but can have is um learn just just learn from it and you you, you know you, you're gonna win sometimes you're gonna you, you know to to the own point you can't really say like oh my goal is to win like no that's your hope your hope is to win uh, everyone hopes to win. You can have a goal of making the cut if you have a certain consistency. Like, yeah, my goal is to make the cut. But in general, it, I think everyone's goal should be to learn. If you if you win, why did you win? If you lose, why did you lose? And uh, so that would be goal number one. Not not the not the top goal. Just you know, first part of my answer is that to, you know, to, to learn from the game and look at it objectively. And goal number two is uh, don't, don't, don't be a, a dingus, as William would say. Just, just, just be nice to your opponent and be nice to yourself. Because we always talk about like, be nice. And uh, we always say like, you know, hey, play nice. Don't, don't, don't rush someone. Don't, do this don't do that like be nice to the other player um if they forgot something and it's not the end of the world just say hey yeah yeah yeah. you can take that focus like that's what i would have done so yeah it makes sense so be nice to your opponent definitely and it'll make the game better but also be nice to yourself because um it's real easy to get down on yourself and then you start beating yourself up and you stop having fun because you're like, oh man, I, I, I should have seen that coming. Like I knew he was going to go there and I second guessed myself and I changed my dial at the last minute. Now, now I lost. 
and you start beating yourself up. So just remember that the be nice is 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 is, is both for the opponent, be nice to the opponent, but be nice to yourself. Pat yourself on the back when you do well, and when you don't do well, try to remember to learn from it. But but again, just just um, don't don't take it too hard because I have to. I struggle with that. Like I am, I am. I would say out of the four of us, I probably take losing worse than the four of us. Like I'm just really competitive. Um, so I I have to actively remind myself to like, okay, don't. Don't don't get down on myself if I lose, uh, and and I've got little tricks to do it, and I've developed little tricks. Most of it has to do with just like like joking and having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the disco ball that I stole from someone I forgot how long ago, uh, but that disco ball kind of helped. Like oh my ship blanked out and now it's dead. You know play the disco and have it dance off the screen. Just just do something to to keep yourself from um beating yourself up or for, for for getting from getting down from losing a match right all right so not too much left you guys covered a lot of it but i will say that um along the lines of the having fun and being nice uh go out and have in mind that like you're probably going to meet new people and it's it's okay to like talk to each other as people and develop friendships. It's like it's super neat to walk away from an event that either a you get in touch with them later in a future event, say how's it going, how you been, how you know catch up and stuff. You know it's great to catch up with people, and on top of that, it's great to meet and develop new relationships and friendships with people because then after the event's all over. We're all just there, and then we all just want to go out and eat and drink somewhere, drink responsibly. Um, so, like, that's that's another moment to be like, hey, you know, where you where you going after this, or where you getting lunch at during break or whatever. Like, go have fun with people and ha- and make new friends because then that's just going to grow your your sort of network of of enjoyment, right? People who enjoy stuff with you develop it are generally people who are friends that you enjoy being around. So the more of those people you have, the more fun you're more likely to in, to have in the future because you'll get matched up or see them again at some point and you'll have fun again. Great, great points there. Now, let's let's start to dive in a little bit more to people who have a more casual mindset versus competitive mindset. And Marcel, I wanted to buy, I didn't want to interrupt you while you were talking, but you you kind of sparked an idea in my head. Let's go ahead and hit goals for competitive players. There is Okay. So I, I will both will and Marcel you guys have won major x-wing championships right this is just fact okay it it, it, it is it is the truth now one thing I, that that can happen and this is uh, my experience is more in in uh, in the music realm is like once you reach a certain level, Okay, when you have to come back in, you audition for another group or you're going to play at another event and people know, hey, that person has won the championship. That person has reached a certain level of play or success in whatever it is they're doing. 
depending on your mindset going into that, you could end up being harder on yourself than other people because you're you might be worried about outside expectations versus even your own personal expectations can you guys maybe talk talk a little bit about that your perspective um as players who have won major championships and when when we have these events and people see you in them there is there is like oh hey look this person's playing. Let's see how they do. Like, there are eyes on you, right? Like, it's just the truth. You want to give us maybe, again, this is, we're looking at that competitive, high level competitive angle at the moment. Uh, Marcel brought it up of like not being hard on yourself. And I think it's um, a thing at all competitive uh, players who, um, who know they can win games, you know what I mean? Like they, cause they have proven it, uh, that they sometimes feel that they deserve to win games. Um, and it can really frustrate a player when they're like, I did everything right, man. Like, wh where was my dice in that one? Like I should have won it. Um, so to, to not beat yourself up, I, I like how myself put it about that, but that does put you, um, in that same kind of mindset that uh, you're, uh, you may begin to expect to win um, and get a little lax as well, not prepare as much, not uh, know the, the, the current matchups uh, they could be facing as well as you should be, um, because off oh, on this list a million times, done great with it, should be an easy day. Um, so that, that would, the, uh, um, I lost my chance. I thought, Marcel, what, what else do you have for competitive players? Okay. So I was uh, joking around with the chat, so I kind of missed half of Dion's thing. <laughs> You're talking about competitive uh, process. It was so No, no, deep. no. I, 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 I know that it was uh, in, um, about competitive, but it was something specific about the competitive as it relates to like when you've done well in the past. Is it about the opponent or is it about yourself and your expectations for yeah, you about yourself? Yeah, yeah your in, expectations, in your goals, how that affects mm. your play. Yeah, so um, I think you know, for me personally, it's it's probably a little different than for, for some of the other people because I. I am not as consistent on the top. Well, I guess in the making cuts, but like in 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 winning, like making it all the way to the finish line, I'm not as consistent because I tend to fly like very janky stuff for the most part. So my my goals and expectations are usually try something new and try to just be be fun with it. I don't uh, I don't really go in there with the with like a specific expectation for myself even though like i said i'm always competitive i always try to win um i know that i don't always give myself the same the best opportunity to win based on some of the list building choices that i make um so so i don't know if 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 you know how it is for people like um i don't know other people uh, i wouldn't even put duncan on there either but uh some people that you know they always bring something that's really strong i, I the reason i'd say i want to put duncan in there either is because duncan also always tends to fly a bunch of different things and he tends to do well with it so he's just he's just gifted um but 
people like um, like let's say Nicholas God, he, he flies a similar thing almost all the time, and he's or or fun. He's he's um, you know he he'll fly what he thinks is com- at at the competitive advantage all the time, and he does well with it. But he does well with it like flying what he expects to do well. So it's kind of I'm I'm not I I don't know what their mindset is. Uh, to say like this is my expectation, and if I don't make the cut, like like, or if I don't do well, because um, because because yeah, because I don't I don't do that. So that's that was probably a terrible answer. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, like I, I guess the answer is I don't know because I. Uh, no, that's my, fine. My I mean, goal... it's it's your your perspective from from your yeah, perspective. I want to my your goals eyes. change depending on if I'm trying to do well. Or if I'm just having fun with a list. So if I'm trying to do well, and like that one time I brought six barons, that was like 100% meta. Is like, oh, I just want to get. I, I forgot what I wanted to get. I think you were giving away some some templates or something. I said I want templates. Um, so in in those scenarios, I expect to win. And if I don't, um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, didn't win. <laughs> it's all right. But, all right. Uh, so I will say, Marcel, like, even when you do play your fun list, you are one of the few people who has just this uncanny ability to take that fun list ridiculously farther than anyone would expect it, though, at the same time. I appreciate that. Uh, but I also have dropped a few times, like, you know, I'm 3 2 with, like, the worst MOV. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to make it. So I'll drop. But. No, I appreciate that. that I mean, that, but that but that's that. that you're you're also that you're looking right now through a through a small perspective because you're not the only player. Duncan has dropped from from major events. Paul has dro- dropped from major events, right? Like Chris Allen has never dropped from any major event. <laughs> every event. Um, well, yeah, it turns out. But uh, also, who, I don't know who that is. That's not an events. X-wing player. That's not an X-wing oh, player. No, no, no. He he flies some Rogue One. No, what is it? See, like, he's a Rogue. squadrons player. Yeah, yeah. squadrons. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Confirm. Okay. Now, now I want I want to shift the conversation a little bit. Okay. So Ryan, um, yeah, I'm sorry the disrespect. Yes, the GSP showdown. You are our current GSP champion. I got called out in the chat for saying that Stanley hasn't won a major event. I will say. Uh, I mean, that's that that's our event, right? Right. Us. Okay. So I, I get I get what it's meant. Right. To be. So now now now. We We've looked through their lens. Now we're going to look through our lens because we've both gotten close. We've gotten close multiple times. And, you know, it's one of those where you get you get so close to tasting the victory, right? But only one person gets to win. So let's now take it. And, and I want I would like your perspective on that competitive level of kind of that goal setting when you've come close you know what? What's going through your mind? What are some ways to maybe mitigate some of the negative effects uh, of that? I'd like you. I'll let you go first. So I always try and keep in perspective that it's just baseline. It's hard to win an event, especially a major event, and even a regional, even a store champ. Like to straight, full out win an event, it is hard at almost any level. There's only a few people who could. Cons- quote consistently win store champs like Duncan's one of the few because he literally had what he, during the second second edition start he played he wanted to play every single faction and win a store champ in his area when he pretty much did 
but beyond that, it's I I try to keep this perspective. It's hard to win a, a complete event. So my natural goals have always been make cut. Everything past that is gravy. And generally that it keeps my mind at ease overall that I'm not putting too much crazy, crazy pressure on myself. Sure. Would I like to win a major event at some point? Because I feel like I've gotten so close with me and will in the first GSP space jam, you know, hashtag rigged finals for beards. Um, in the Crossroads Classic, uh, it's it's regional level. I, I don't know how, like, major we get to that, but it was me and Doug Howe in the final. Um, I mean, it's you and Doug Howe in the final. Listen to what you just said. Yeah, that's a that pretty pretty big deal. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, not, no shade to other parts of the country, but, like, the Midwest events are not easy. They, I had to go through none Alex of them Sorbonne are ever a pushover. Yeah, like I, I had to go through his 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 pretty much brother Alex Smittle to get to Doug Howe anyway, um, and then um, and even the I've 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 reanalyzed my world's matchup against Simeon those years ago in top eight, and there's a couple times where I'm like, dang it, <laughs> I, I made two two big mistakes in that game that could have changed it because that game was close almost the whole way through. And, uh, you know, I, there's sometimes I think about it and then I'm like, I got to shove that aside. That's so long ago. It doesn't matter anymore. So it's, it's always pushing the stuff aside, but not completely. You still remembering things to build and learn off of, right? It's kind of an old saying of one of my old, of one of my, uh, Taekwondo studios I used to go to pain is weakness, leaving the body. If you treat that as the pain of your mistakes that you've had in X-Wing, as long as you learn from them and don't repeat them often, you will become better and you'll eventually get there, right? Through just sheer repetition, you have a better chance. As long, you know, just keep the pressure low and then just try and have as much fun as possible because if you're not having fun, you're probably stressing yourself out. And that normally can lead to tilting emotionally in games where even the smallest thing in a game in like the first engagement or two, it it, it just emotionally tilts you off to a side to where you could have brought the game back if you kept your head, you know, mm-hmm. there and not over here. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to to another step. That was that was perfect, Ryan. Now there are definitely competitive players, or p- there there are now the players that, let's say, let's say you're in a uh, a six round event and you're consistently going like three and four and two to two and four, and you are active. You're like, I really want to make a cut. I haven't made a cut ever, uh, and you're in there. I think the mindset at that point, especially if you have a track record and you've seen that, you can chart that, you got to make some data-driven decisions, okay? A lot of times, that means one of two things. Um, Yes, there's luck involved, but if you're starting to notice there's a trend, there's likely a consistent mistake or some technique, something, something is wrong in the equation that is holding you back at that point. And I think sometimes it's mindset, right? Sometimes I, I unfortunately hear 
too many people like you'll hear us complain about dice like it's a dice there, there are dice in the game everybody's going to complain about dice at some point but i have definitely seen players who only blame the dice okay who who they they go through an entire 75 minute game and the only thing they can tell me is about like a bad dice roll analyze what happened in the game even if the dice were bad in a particular spot was there something you could have done was there something you could have done to increase the possibility of you doing well and i think critical realistic analysis of your play will lead you to more success all right real and and, and I'm, I'm using all of those words very intentionally because you have to try to give yourself the right scope in order to improve because if you're just taking shots in the dark okay if you're just kind of playing random games and hoping that that you 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 kind of walk into a win it's going to be it's going to be significantly more difficult than if you had done some type of preparation okay if you do some type of preparation and when it comes to practice um it's important to have focused practice what are you going to practice in that moment if you're playing a practice game with somebody don't don't say don't walk in saying my goal is to win this game you know focus on a single thing my goal is to you know make sure that i activate leia more than one time in the game and it matter you know like like really fine tune what whatever your list is whatever you're focusing on fine tune that that small thing that you can improve on and then start to work out from there because just walking in you know it, it if i were to approach every piece of music that i practice with all right i need to walk out of this practice session being able to play the whole thing perfectly i will never get anything done because that's our minds don't work like that you got to take it piece by piece give yourself that grace now let's move on over to the casual side okay the casual side um, we already talked about kind of obviously the general mindset make sure you're having fun all that um, is important but one of the things that I think is also important is I know sometimes casual players like casual players and, and competitive players sometimes view each other as like negative how was what's the word what how am i looking at what there's a word i'm looking for they they uh, look go ahead no i was just gonna say they're they're like two sides of a coin like they're they're rivals they're not they they don't they're oil and water uh right. in that um well you were gonna make a point so yeah so so here here's an example I I remember specifically being at a, a store the last season that we had store championships. Okay, there was a player, a competitive player who was legitimately like, like they were trying to go for it, like they really were revved up, and a casual player with a list that was unexpected just destroyed them in a game, absolutely annihilated. And I heard the comment from the player, like, "Man, you just came to be silly and you ruined my chances of getting in the cut." Like I heard this person say that and it's like you we can't do that like that's first that's not good community building that's not good people skills but you got to understand like that casual player is there to play the game and the way i kind of look at it is like if you are a cat a competitive player 
you are also coming to play the game and your opponent owes you nothing outside of being respectful and also playing the game. That's it. That's all they owe you. So if you're if you're a casual player, number one, I want to say you do you, baby. All right, don't let anybody shame you. If you want to come get your ten card combo off, and that's all you want to do, that's all right. If you don't care if you win or lose, that's all right. You play your game, and I think whatever that game might be, whatever your goal is going in, like I'm just here to have fun. Just do that now. The flip side of that coin is you understand if you're going to a tournament and you're a casual player, you are going to run into the person who brings that top medalist, who brings that Django Zam. You can't roll up to that game and be like, oh, God, you're Django Zam. I, 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 I came to have a casual day. Well, that's again, they owe you nothing outside of being respectful and playing the game. That's it. So having that correct mindset going in. Now, this is different than if you and your buddy say, hey, let's play a, a chill game of X-Wing. Then you probably should set some more strict parameters. I know that's I don't like to use the word strict there, but, you know, so that we can make sure that everybody has fun before saying that. But we're talking about uh, competitive events specifically. Any other thoughts there? Sorry, I know I went for a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I had it. I, I felt it in my soul. Yeah. We felt it. We felt it because you felt it. Um, so I, I think we can go on and on and on and on about like uh, behaviors and stuff like that for competitive as it relates to to casual players and how you know you know how, how you, all the things you said. But I think one part also just to keep in mind is again if you're going if you're a casual player and you're going to a tournament and um whether you you you're going to face against people who are there to win and um the uh there's an expectation of of um there's an expectation of rules and cleanliness that's that's or an etiquette that's that's expected a lot of the time in in casual events or casual nights like oh yeah oh, oh wait i did this wrong and and you might you know switch your dial or or do something like that or pick up you know something that that might be okay in a casual night and in a competitive environment the competitive player may not take to that well it's like no you're not allowed to do that now i'm not talking about rules lawyering and and being like that 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 hard hat where like oh no you touched that ship you know before you touched that ship so now that ship can't action i'm not talking about that but i'm talking about uh you know just just being kind of loosey-goosey with your movements and oh i'm gonna go here and then you know touching stuff and like kind of like bumping it a little bit with your hand and then like placing it back yourself instead of saying like oh i accidentally moved this you know put it where you think it belongs um, so, so again, when you, when you're playing in a competitive event, especially if it's an official event, you know, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to a system open or something like that. You can have fun and you can be casual and you can bring a casual list and, and you can do all of that. Just understand that, you know, you're still, 
you know, you, you, you're st there's still certain expectations of how the game is played at a competitive level. Um, that uh, again, it's not so much about you know, let me do something that I'm not allowed to do. More so, like you know, taking you know, if, if you're taking ten minutes to set a dial because you're just thinking about it, and that's just kind of like the way you play with your buddies. Uh, expect the opponent to say like, "Hey, can you can you can you please speed it up?" In scenarios like that, again, I'm trying I'm trying to because it's a thin line, you know. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to say because also the competitive players can also uh, just be overbearing and, and jump into like like just be overbearing and and well, rules lawyering and stuff like that. But think... again, there's got there's, there's a middle ground there that 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 the com the competitive player has to have um be nice and kind of like just be be chill about things but also the casual player needs to understand the environment and needs to kind of again don't be loose with your things uh don't you know don't expect things that don't don't expect to 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 let to have the competitive player behave or be or have the same goals that you are i don't know how to say it it's, it's a tough one it's uh, it's hard yeah. to articulate it i mean i mean so what what you just talked about there is that players need to communicate with each other that that almost a lot of the that thin line that you said that that connection that could be created with people is something as simple as making sure that when you play with people, you talk to them. I think Will, you were you were you were talking about that earlier. Just like communicate with your people. All right. So uh, we we hit a broad spectrum there, but especially as people start getting into playing tournaments again, it's just making sure that we have the right mindset going in. Now we we didn't cover everything. That we we. We we were using a very broad brush in there, but I think we hit on a lot of important things. And I think when it comes down to make sure you guys are just self-analyze uh, your interactions with people. Really think about what is it that you were – why are you playing the game? I'm there for fun. I'm there to, to, to try to win. You know, self-analyze. And then just make sure you're just – just don't be a jerk. <laughs> and most of the time that will get you 90% of the way. All right? So let's go ahead. It is time to jump into XTC Team USA action. All right. So here are the matchups for next team next week. We have Australia versus the United States. Now, Will, before we jump into this, what what are the standings for Team USA? Tell me what's up. Ooh. That is a good question. I want to pull up all the all the scenes yeah, just, for all the teams. I know. Yeah, you I, should bring up challenge. I I put it on the. Um, yeah. Oh, I got it bookmarked. I've been I've been checking it uh, quite often as the games get updated throughout the weeks. Uh, so, uh, the standings right now um, for Group D. That's where America plays in the USA. Uh, is Group D. Uh, we are uh, we're just coming off of a win. Uh, from Malta on uh, the week before that a bye and the week before that a, a loss to Spain um, long story short uh, that's going to put us at 4 and 1 tied with most wins um, with Spain in our uh, division group D going into the final week 
to determine, remember the top two from each group get to move on into the cut. Um, hot in our heels though is Hungry. The only other team with two losses uh, has the chance then to uh, reach for that second place spot. Uh, they already defeated Spain in the weeks prior um, and Spain is faced up against Sweden uh, who is uh, looking to get some revenge and play spoiler as well. Um, I don't know, Marcel, you might be more familiar with this. Does Sweden have a chance to make it into uh, the top two of uh, Group D? No, the only team uh, that has... A... So right now, it's um, we are 4-1, Spain is 4-1, Hungary is 3-2. and two. Mm -hmm. uh, Hungary beat Spain 5-2 uh, last week. Um, so they have the head to head on them and the, let's see, the total individual wins, uh, we're already in, we've got 26 set wins. So we're averaging about, um, uh, about 5.2 wins per, per round. Spain is at 22 and Hungary is at 18. So essentially Hungary needs to go four above uh, Spain. So what that means is that uh, if Hungary wins five, Spain has to go one and six. If Hungary wins six, you know, if Hungary wins six one against Chile, then Spain has to go two five or seven zero oh, is three four. So basically, they have to do a four, and then they'll win the tiebreaker from the uh, head to head matchup. Now I can definitely see Sweden doing big spoiler. Like they, they seem like they they can give Spain a pretty big headache. And if Hungary shows up against their opponent, that that could be a yeah. that could be a dark horse out of nowhere. Yeah, and Chile's an interesting one because Chile has pulled a couple wins that were unexpected. Chile beats uh, Australia, and then Chile also beat Sweden last week. So Chile can beat some teams. They beat Australia and they beat Sweden. However, Chile can also not show up for the week and they were 7 0 by us we beat them 7 0 and then spain beat them 7 0 as well so chile is they, they can show up or they can not show up so it's very it, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that sweden beats spain 5 2 let's say or 4 3 and hungary just like 7 0s chile like that's a possibility so hungary still has an outside shot again depends on which chile shows up if it's the chile that beats sweden and australia shows up uh we think you know spain is in if it's the chile that showed up against us or spain or if hungary can say like we're at the level of spain and the u.s then then they got a shot all right so now going into so the u.s almost basically guaranteed in no no matter what i know some people are calling it the finals i think it's more accurately called the playoffs right you guys are guaranteed to get into the playoffs the finals would be like the actual top two teams and again just kind of to frame that just in case we're, we're, we're so we're using language that everybody understands there so the yeah because there's a round there's it's a round robin and there's no like cut it's just right the, the final 10 teams play each other round robin and the the best may the, the best, best team wins. win <laughs> 
right? It, it, that's going to be crazy. Now, um, before we actually jump into these matchups, just to clarify, yes, going into the playoffs, teams will have the opportunity to switch out their list. Now, we're not going to ask Will and Marcel the strats there for Team USA because that'd be dumb. Uh, but but uh, so we're just going to focus on this set of pairings for this week uh, as for advantage. Now, me and Ryan have been the ones taking taking those stabs, kind of trying to guess at where things are going to end up landing. And uh, so Will and Marcel, you guys can kind of jump in and, and answer any questions we have as we go along the way. But Ryan, you can go ahead and uh, what matchup do you want to talk about first? I figure we just go down the line. Let's uh, let's start with the first matchup listed here on the left. We got Matt Carey's Rebels of Harisoka Janors and Wedge A-Wing versus, I believe, Nobby, right? This mm-hmm. is Australia with Poe, Tally, ZZ, and Meryl. Um, do we know bid situation between the two? Uh, I want to say Nobby has it. Let me double check, though. Yeah, Navi has 194. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, the Rebels only 198. Yep. So with the Rebels being at 198 and the Resistance having the bid, what do you think is going to end up happening there, Ryan? So... Poe obviously moving last is good. Um, overdrive thrusters, Poe, I assume? Yep. Or no? Yep. Okay. Um, so th- that's a big deal. It's it's going to be hard for Matt to commit onto anything. I've played against Nobby in a, in a list similar to this. He's very careful, and he if he has the bid and has things that move after, especially with ZZ and ta- Tally, he will leave. He, he baits really well. Uh, so it's going to be on Matt to try and make sure he closes on something correctly. Merrill's is kind of like the obvious target that he could close on, but I can see Nobby making that as difficult as possible. Um, damage output wise, does Poe have a secondary weapon or does ZZ? So I know I think Nobby likes putting cluster missiles on ZZ sometimes. I believe I believe ZZ has clusters. Poe have anything or is it just jamming? <laughs> Oh, okay. That's might might come into play at some points, but it's probably better to use his main guns. Um, I mean, not neither list has a ton of hit. I mean, so I know Matt. He, Matt's got his pockets, but he's gonna he's gonna have that uh, difficult time lining him up potentially. So, um, it's he's just side a little bit with um, Nobby, I think. A, just barely though just cause it's it's just the bid because i think on a list basis i think matt's list is better but the issue of lining up those prockets against most of lists that's going to be moving after him hera is going to be the only threat pocket wise to the other rz2s so well, what do you think, Dion? You kind of lean in one way or the other so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. 
I'm also leaning Australia, and I'm trying. I'm trying not to tiptoe. If we, if it's even 51-49, we're just gonna call it for whoever, whoever that is. All right, and we'll see if Matt can subvert the expectations, even if it is only a 51 to 49. But yeah, the bid I think is really what what leans it over because they both have got great tools. That's the thing. They both have great tools, and we know that they're capable. Um, Let's I keep will say it. another piece Matt will need to make sure that not only he takes full advantage of, but also kind of protects is Wedge. Wedge mm-hmm. is the one thing also backed up by Janor's ability that could, it, it, it takes these RZ2s and turns them into Z95s. So it like health and defense wise. So you look at that and you say Wedge on top of that being the most consistent annoyance also needs to be alive as long as possible to stay annoying too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, let's keep it rolling here. We got um, we have the Goran Strikers, and we have um, a sub coming in for for Steve Cotillo, and uh, and our sub is Kenneth Lyon. All right, Kenneth Lyon, another great player, usually flies uh, FO, uh, going to be playing against the Rebels, uh, Hera, Garvin, Kyle, and Benthic. Now, we have seen the Goran Strikers win against this Hera list a couple of times, even in tournaments. And for me, Ryan and, and Will and Marcel, for that reason, I start to start I start leaning at this Goran Strikers because they just they got that little bit of extra sauce with those extra mods, the mobility, the ability to just jump on that other squad because of their speed. Um I'm I'm liking I'm liking Team USA in this matchup. Yeah, it, it's a token stack versus a token stack, but I think the special sauce is disciplined. Mm-hmm. Right? If something dies, you, someone's going to get a lock or barrel roll, like barrel roll out of a shot for someone who wants to follow up on something. Um, thermal detonators, they don't care about how many tokens you have. Uh, they're going to, they, they have a higher chance to actually do auto damage. And if you have a token stack, you're there to have a token stack probably for defensive dice. Even the strain effect from the thermal detonators can be something that takes away some of that uh, potential to fully utilize that token stack. But it's also the situation of the strikers got to get far enough into that fight and out to to lay down those thermal detonators to be enough of a threat. Um, I, I think I've actually... We might have actually seen this XDC matchup before. I think Steven Coutillo played this exact type of matchup, and I think he won as well. So that, That's what I was going to ask Marcel about, is I'm pretty sure this was uh, uh, Steve's matchup last week against Malta. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it was the exact same list. So uh, the the list can perform that the list, by the way, it was a different pilot, uh, but the list did uh, beat the Heritani. There you go. We got a little evidence there. uh, Seems like a good way. And uh, unless they buck the trend, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with the Goran strikers. All right. Next, we get into Will's list. We got... Uh, Bosk, Fen, Kanan versus Von Reg, Kylo, and Rush. Ryan? Big question. Extreme maneuvers on Kylo or not? 
Marcel's shaking his head yes. Yes. All right. Yep. Uh, Extreme. Vonreg Daredevil? Uh, Rush ATP or just nothing? ATP. You called it. Yep. Is that, is that everything in the list? That's everything. I don't remember what the bid is if there is one. Five points then. Okay. I, I don't have a bid, so. Will, I... Have you played that Bosque against an Extreme Maneuvers Kylo before? Um, an Extreme Maneuvers one? Yeah, that was your first oh, week. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right, because it was with Hollow. Um, yeah, you played against... The first week was uh, that an Extreme, and then Hollow, and then a couple TIE Fighters. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's the only thing that would give me potential cause to pause, but it's still... Boss can double reinforce when he really when he wants to, but he probably doesn't need to. Uh, and Kanan, right? Kanan against any three ship or less list is always going to give the opponent just massive frustration to try and punch damage through, especially when you have the health powerhouse of Boss that has reinforced almost all the time, and the a correctly flown Fen that just ends up range one when he needs to. Well, is just damage just mitigates almost most mostly all damage going out of it range one unless he doesn't have a focus token available to him so i'm still on, on the side of will uh will undefeated let's go let's let's make it happen and also in in our in our testing okay in in some limited testing uh bosk has smacked around kylo several times and it's just Obviously, because because of the 180 arc, even an extreme maneuvers Kylo can have some hard times getting out of uh, getting out of boss reach. He yeah. can reach out and, and touch like, you. Von Reg has to be so ridiculously careful of Bosk because Von Reg just one mod, a focus or an evade. That's it. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. And Bosk will commonly say, "I don't care." unless you're behind a cloud at range three. Yeah. And if you're behind a cloud at range three, that Von Reg is probably not doing much offensive potential damage anyway. Yep, we'll, we'll see. And, of course, if you can get behind that boss, Will's going to have a bad you're, day. He's going to try real hard, uh, but it's going to be a bad day. I'll throw in one thing, because uh, of Mission Von Reg. Uh, he her, Von Reg, whatever. Uh, whatever that dude's name is. Um, his ability... Uh, actually messes with boss quite a bit to hand out the depletes because uh, I don't always do blue maneuvers. Sometimes you got to stop or hard three or, or one bank. It's about it's about all your boss needs to do. Um, so going in there and getting those depletes out could really save a ship. I mean, that uh, um, what Kanan does is basically hand out a deplete around. So, um, yeah. I mean, that bullseye is probably easier to hit on a big base. It, it does probably help, obviously, to have Zam. So if, it, if you time it on a turn where you have the chance to potentially shoot twice, it helps mitigate that issue a little bit. You just don't spend much mods on the actual main shot and count on the Zam shot. Whichever comes second, basically, is the one you spend most of your stuff on. Right. Yeah, the only thing I got to say about that is if... if, if um, what's his name? If Von Reg or as William says, Von Rug has has the bullseye, he's probably facing the wrong way because he's probably getting chewed up next turn. <laughs> um and as far as getting behind 
you know, it depends on how 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 Will flies it. But if you get behind and you end up at range one of a certain Fang fighter with five dice, it's just as bad, I think. Or even range one of Kanan. Like that front arc Kanan still four dice, and that's probably a good protector of Bosk's flank. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling here. Uh, we got the resistance. We got Carson Ray uh, flying Poe, Rose, Jess, and Lulo versus Zam and Django. So the current best separatist list out there versus uh, what, what I want to call like scrappy resistance because that's what it kind of feels like. I know Carson's won a couple by the skin of his teeth, lost a couple by the skin of his teeth. I mean, he's always he's always close. He hasn't lost yet. Sorry, am I am I getting that twisted in my head? Yeah, that 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 list is five oh five oh. All right, uh, my 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 bad. Sorry. Governor, all right. Um, so, um, you know, has was one a couple by by the skin of his teeth. Um, has he faced a Zam Django yet? Not in this tournament. I mean, it, this, I, this I just seems, it seems like a little bit of a tough at some point because they're everywhere. But it seems like tournament. a tough matchup. I'm not gonna lie. It's it seems like a tough matchup. Um, he's got the offensive tools, and if he can catch Zam and Django, I think it'll be be okay like he's got the, the the firepower there to push through but i mean if uh if the separatist player is on if then if, if they have experience and again i'm not sure who the player is here um so i can't really take that into account i think that they have some tools as well i'm this is probably the first one i'm looking at and i'm thinking 50 50 like it, it's it's a little bit too close to call for me ryan What's our bid situation? My guess is Zam Django has the bid. Well, yep. well, yep. Okay. Anything out of the ordinary with a treacherous hull, FTC, Dooku crew? It's a, no, it's relatively light. It's one ninety. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's actually different. It's not what you would expect. It's, okay. Uh, so the Zam, it's a very chunky Zam, as you would expect, with uh, jamming beam, Dooku thermals, contraband instead of false transponder, which I think is. Uh, a benefit, that, yeah. Um, a, well, a benefit to the USA. Uh, yep. False. I, I'm more afraid of false than contrabands. But anyway, uh, contraband, slave one, and Boba Fett gunner. Okay. So again, that's a really chunky Zam. And then Django is seasoned navigator, thermals, and contraband. So no lone wolf, no Palpatine, uh, but is is seasoned navigatoring his way somewhere else, which usually means if he does, he's also not taking actions but he's probably not getting shot. well that's that's why it's contraband cybernetics yeah. oh, there you go yeah that's interesting so no no thermal detonators either ship they both have thermal detonators thermals. okay treacherous or no treacherous no treacherous okay so not as defensive they both want to get behind the opposing ship and actually continue chasing at least zam does with that boba crew uh that boba crew depending on how much Boba Crew has a, has a solid ability, uh, or Boba Gunner, right? Boba Gunner? Or Bo yeah, Gunner. Gunner. Um, has a really good ability, and but sometimes, kind of like Lone Wolf, some people play too much to it. And so it's de definitely dependent on the pilot, how much they want to take advantage of, quote, all the upgrades versus taking situational advantages of the upgrades that are available to them that they've chosen. Um, 
being being Zam's that expensive, I mean, it's kind of obvious what the ideal first target is, especially when you have to deal with Season Navigator on Django, who can pseudo scum slave one his way out of situations. But um, without FT, because like <clears throat> my original concern was if they both had FTC, they both go in and they lock Jess and they lock either Lulo or Poe and just get rid of whatever token they wanted to have without that capability. Now, Contraband's still good, but now Carson gets all of the offense from the tokens that he takes his actions for, which is pretty important. And that's one of the reasons why FTC has been so good because it not only is an offensive action to target lock, but it's a defensive action in some aspect to jam the opposing enemy uh, tokens. And it can be even more offensive in that regard because that token could have been used defensively for that ship they just locked as well. But it mitigates the offense coming back at those fire sprays. So without Treacherous and without FTC, it's definitely more 50-50 to me for sure. And maybe a Carson side, but uh, it's definitely not the normal Zam Django. Dion, do you, do you, does your mind change a little bit in hearing that different type of Zam Django? I don't know. It, it does definitely have some different tools and a little note here from Nobby. It actually is a substitute coming in for, for that game. Now, we don't know. Here's the thing. You can't be uh, like, oh, it's a substitute. That means that they don't have experience. I, I know where you're going. Let, let me get there. Let me get I, there. I was going to say let it's a substitute, there. but they're one in five. So a <laughs> substitute might be an improvement. Okay. All right, all right. But also, substitutes can come in and wreck face, i.e. Steve, uh, sorry, i.e. Kenneth Lyon and i.e. Uh, Tommy Adams, who have both picked up Ws for Team USA. Again, like, you know, there, there's there's definitely uh, uh, people bringing in subs. They, they, they are there to be flexible. They are your flex players, and they're ready to come in and, uh, and hopefully collect some Ws for you when you can. All right? I'd say with, with the oddness of the Django Zam and the fact that it's a substitute that we have no idea either way, I'm just going to say rely on the reliable Carson. All right, so we're going to put out another Team Merca there. All righty. So let's keep it rolling here. We got Tommy Adams coming in to substitute for Doug Howe with Kylo, with Prime Thrusters, and Von Reg versus the Galactic Republic. We got um, Obi-Wan in the Ada, Naboo Anakin, Luminara in the Delta 7, and Broadside in the Y-Wing. I would love I would love to hear Will's thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh it's a definitely a Republic salad, uh one of my favorite kinds of list. Four named pilots offline different chassis. Um and it has a lot of tools as well. I think Lumini is gonna be the linchpin there with only two shots. Uh be if she can use her force every round. Um, to prevent damage, uh, Kylo and Von uh, Reg are going to have a uh, hard time getting in damage. Um, flip side, though, is that Broadside is fairly unmaneuverable. Um, I don't think he has any bombs or anything. I'm double checking. That boy's loadout. He's got ion bombs. Ion, ion bombs. Ion bombs. Ooh. Okay. Well, uh, I mean. 
Kyle's got supernatural, so it's not going to fall for that. But it does provide like a threat area, though, so that is uh, interesting. Um, honestly, just match matchup alone, I think this is going to be uh, one of the tougher matchups for Kylo and um, on the first order, just because all these ships are so defensive, um, except for broadside. But once again, you're chasing down a a, a Y wing who wants you to come in close, wants you to. Uh, get in there so he can ionize you, get those bombs off, um, and eat shots uh, so that Obi-Wan and Anakin aren't. Uh, no, like I said, no offense to Tommy, uh, but um, I'm pure list building. I like the Republic here. Yeah, this is an interesting one because um, all of Tommy's lists move after, so you got Supernatural, Kylo moving after all the other ships and then you've got the um afterburner lone wolf von reg also moving at the end so so it it it's it, i think it's it's an interesting one i think this is going to be a, uh, a, 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 one of the ones that you you want to watch because um i don't know how much time tommy has put to the list uh, no, again, no disrespect to Tommy. I don't know how much time uh, Supernatural Kylo is is a is a puzzle because once you figure out everything that you, he can do, like that barrel boost or focus target like barrel boost, like million actions, whatever I mean, that Doug did do, last week, he can do like, whatever he wants, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, I know one thing that it is it is a different style of list than than what we've seen Tommy fly before. But, again, he's brought in because he's flexible. He has a lot of experience. Let's see what happens in the performance. I, I do agree on list building alone. Seems like a little bit of a tough matchup. Let's keep it rolling. Marcel, talk about your matchup, son. What you got going on here? <laughs> Sadness. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Greg from Nickel City basically basically called it jumping on a grenade for the team that's what captain america does right so i am flying my triple region um uh, aces against the empire with uh, admiral sloan my fate the who i love playing against more than anything else in this world i think everyone knows so admiral sloan with aggressors ruthless so it's sloan ruthless and a bunch of um aggressors so yay me all right well we're, we'll just we'll just go ahead and uh that sounds like one of these and well, so, <laughs> uh, i, I want to put one thing on marcel's side all as right. much as he hates sloan i think he has one of the few lists who has great tools to deal with it mm -hmm. regen because a lot of the sloan lists end up plinking damage over turn over turn and he has force, which is passive modifications, which helps deal with the stress. Um, and because at least two of them shoot at the same initiative, he can help control which ship gets the stress in that regard. And Marcel, your list has sense? Question mark. Yep. So with sense and an Ada ship, he has the opportunity with Obi to block in the system phase. You're right. I, I I had forgot about that. You know what? Let's let's call it fifty fifty. He does have tools, and his ships don't rely on stressing themselves to do shenanigans. 
outside of do you still have do you have daredevil on rick yeah, da daredevil don't do daredevil. that yeah daredevil don't do it <laughs> don't do it you should huh? be okay well no he can daredevil advanced sensors then do a blue That's yeah true, true that true that true that that's you know usually what? how I do event. That's I mean Daredevil. Daredevil is mostly to hard turn and blue the direction that I that that they didn't go. They went that way. I'm gonna go that way. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll leave that landed on a, on a fifty fifty. It sounds like we got some tools there. I may have called it too early by dragging out that Australian flag. And Ryan, I'll have you. I'll have you give us give us the caboose here. We got the separatists versus scum. Break down this matchup. So we have the U.S. separatists Zam and five of the Trade Federation vultures versus the scum seven seek swarm with cannons the cannon combinations are three tractor beams and is that right because that should be seven ships how many because i see it says auto five that would make it eight ships what's our actual split here it's three tractors four auto blasters Oops, sorry. four auto blasters okay so no tracers can matter no ion cannon just strict tra tractor and auto blaster. Um, I would assume uh, the separatist has the bid. Yep. So mm -hmm. if there's anything we found out about putting the Zam five vultures against a generic swarm, time and time again, it's that uh, this is Daniel Leon, right? He knows how to flex those five vultures to block up space, to get rid of those actions those other I-1 ships have, and then have Zam take the biggest benefit from those situations. So I would, and I also would worth, lean towards uh, Daniel myself. Yeah, and also worth noting that this is another substitute game for Australia. Octacon is, 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 is amazing with that. But Octor is is uh, not playing this week. It's uh, the substitute. Yeah, that that, that right there. Octor Khan, which is a big deal. Actually. That is huge. That is huge. Uh, massive, massive. So right there, it seems like we're leaning towards a USA win this week. But again, there's no pressure, which who knows? Maybe Team USA does even better than expectation because there is no pressure. It's not winning in. It's everything from here is gravy and it is just essentially deciding i guess what seed you are but because it's round robin the seed doesn't necessarily matter i guess you can come is, out saying that, that maybe you got mathematically proven is usa 100 percent going to be one of the two teams featured well we yeah we can't go we if hungry wins and we lose we're both the only two and oh or Excuse me. We're the only X and two teams, and we beat them head to head. So no, head to head matters all, over overall points. No, well, no. It goes. Right? Um, no, it goes. How many match wins? Match. Oh, individual wins. Teams. Then individual wins. Then head to head. We are at twenty six wins. Hungary mm -hmm. is at eighteen. So even if they win seven and we lose seven, we still end up at twenty six to their twenty five. So it is mathematically impossible for us to not make. Guaranteed. Right. Spain is 22, so the 18 can surpass the 22. So Spain is on the bubble, not. So they're, they're fight, fighting uh, for second place right now. Well, fight. they are in second place. They're, they're right. playing to stay in second place. Yeah. Right. Cool. 
Well, we'll 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 see what ends up happening this week. We'll see. Um, I will tell you Wednesday night for for me is not going to happen just because I I got home from classes at almost seven o'clock today. So most likely, unless we can get an eight o'clock game for Team USA on Wednesday, it might be it's tough to get a GSP out of the game because eight o'clock for us is like um like. 10 a.m. for them so if all right so if, if we can if we can find that then we'll, we'll have that but uh, as of right now unless i can get a game at that time or meet up with will ryan and marcel at that time um uh you know, 8 p.m. is probably when we would have a stream if there is going to be one this week. Just being honest, with graduate school, this next couple weeks is going to be weird. And this Saturday, we got plenty of X-Wing for you. We got six rounds of Swiss plus a cut. Trust me, we got plenty of X-Wing coming in. Premier level action coming from the Dagobah Galactic Championship qualifier. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week. See how our predictions do. And, uh, and remember, everybody. Stay smart, stay safe. Gold Squadron out.